This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. SETN preps back to take a look at week one of the regular season in high school football. Chris Goforth, Chandler Morrison, glad to have you along with us today. As uh, Chandler, we waited all summer. It felt like forever. We wasn't sure if we were ever going to get here, but yet we finally did it. We got week one of the high school football season in the books, and I think it was, uh, for the most part, I think it was uh, pretty successful for uh, in, in terms of being able to get the games played and everything going off as planned. It sounds like, for the most part, people were uh, respectful of, of the requests that were made around the area in terms of wearing a mask and social distancing and that sort of thing. So uh, I think good night was had by everybody, especially if you're team one. Yeah, and especially if you had a great offensive line. I know a lot of teams, the teams that won, we talked about this last week, and we'll get into this later, Chris, but the teams with those big offensive lines, the experienced offensive lines, that's the most important part, the most experienced teams. Looks like they got the dubs uh, on week one. One little news and note that uh, before we get to, to taking a look back at some of these games and coming up a little later, we'll talk Red Bank, Soddy, East Hamilton and Signal, South Pittsburgh and Sequatchie County, Notre Dame and Chattanooga Central, uh, and then Marion County and Fayetteville. Those will be the games we'll be talking about today. Before we do that, one little news and note we did have. Now, there were a couple of games across the state. We talked about this um, last week on Thursday, but there were a, a couple of games across the state that were canceled. We had one game here locally that was canceled. Grace uh, canceled their game against Lookout Valley. That was supposed to be played at Lookout Valley, and this was announced on Friday. I, I, what was it, Chandler? What would you say? Maybe three hours or so before kickoff? Four hours maybe before kickoff? I mean, it was kind of getting into yeah. the afternoon when this announcement came down. From what I understand uh, is that Grace had a student not a football player, but a student who tested positive. But that student had been at school that week, and he had been around, um, you know, guys that were on the football team. And so I think there was a uh, the idea that hey, let's let's play it safe here, and let's go ahead and cancel this game. So Lookout Valley, by the way, as we told you about last week, for Lookout Valley, this counts as a win. For Lookout Valley, Grace does not take a loss in this. They uh, uh, they don't take the loss. It just goes down as not being played. And Lookout Valley, though, does get the win. So Lookout Valley goes to 1-0. and And Chandler, as, as we talked about last week, I think this is something we're just going to have to experience and see a lot of it yeah. uh, and expect a lot of it here over the course of the season. I think we're probably going to see one or two games every week that where something like this happens. I, I think we you just want to hope that it's not your team that's one of those that gets affected yeah. by this. Yeah, Chris, I think that's going to be really crucial. We talked about this also with uh, Lookout Valley. You know, in that region they're in, they might be fighting for a playoff spot um, like they were last year. And if, if it comes down to a tiebreaker as far as out of region, that could be really crucial if, if uh, maybe Whitwell or Snow Creek or whoever they're fighting with in, in the bottom of that region ends up you know, having the same region record because of some other canceled games. So this is where those out-of-region matchups come into play and getting that win for those out-of-region matchups because it, it seems insignificant because it seems like, you know, uh, 
But who would have really got the win in that game? We don't know. It looked like it might have been Grace Baptist because they are the private school there. So it might have come out and actually helped Lookout Valley without hurting Grace Baptist. I don't know. Grace Baptist has been through a lot, man. I mean, not just, you know, going back, um, you know, not not just with COVID, but, you know, that school was was hit really hard by the tornado. I mean, they've just had Mm -hmm. a – just to even get to this point, um, they've just had a rough, rough – year so far 2020 has been really tough uh for them so uh best of luck to both of those teams and and hopefully they will uh, they'll get it back together all right let's move on to the games that we're going to talk about this week let's start with red bank and saudi daisy red bank with a 41 to 12 victory chandler over saudi daisy mm-hmm. on friday night was it surprising that red bank won no but i thought it was one of the more surprising Games that kind of turned into a blowout a little bit there. You know, I, I didn't think that Red Bank would beat Sally Daisy by that margin. You know, I thought Sally Daisy would be able to kind of bring that uh, offense and kind of score some more points. I definitely didn't think that the Sally Daisy defense was going to take that many points on Friday night. So I'm very surprised to see that score, Chris. And man, man, oh man, uh, Red Bank just keeps looking better every time we, we see them on, on paper. Yeah, and here's the here's the thing. And, and you mentioned this earlier. You talked about you know the offensive line play kind of determining the the winners in week one. This is a game here. Red Bank had six sacks on Justin Barnes uh, or Isaac yeah. Barnes, rather. Sorry, Isaac Barnes sacked six times Friday night. Six more. You may tackles. not be a friend of the podcast much longer. Yeah, six more <laughs> uh, tackles for loss. I mean, it was it was tough for them. Uh, Red Bank recovered a fumble for a touchdown, so uh, just a lot of kind of mistakes for Saudi Daisy. And I, look, we talked about this last week on Thursday as well when we were previewing these games. The fact that I don't think any of us really knew what to expect. I fully went into this weekend expecting to see some sloppy football, simply because basically nobody had a spring. Everybody has had some sort of an abbreviated summer and, and fall camp, for that matter. So I don't know that we really knew what we were going to see. I thought it would be sloppy, and I think when you start to dig into the details of some of these games from Friday night, that's exactly what we saw was some really sloppy play. Doesn't mean these aren't good football teams. I'm not saying that Saudi isn't a good football team and can't still be a good football team. I'm just saying that was some sloppy play on uh, on Friday night. East Hamilton defeated Signal Mountain 34 to 7 on uh on Friday night. It was a 7 nothing game Chandler at the half. East Hamilton did did most of their damage in the second half for this game. Yeah, I don't think this was surprising to us. Uh, I think we knew what East Hamilton was going to be. I think the surprising part was what did we expect from Signal Mountain? I think we expected a little bit more than this maybe Maybe if, if, if this is the same score, maybe maybe a 14 or, or 21 point, you know, kind of offensive night for the for the Eagles. But, you know, I, I, I'm i anxious to see where Signal Mountain goes from here. When you start off your season with that kind of game, and I'm sure we'll talk about this here later with some of these other games, with some of these other games to kind of turn into blowouts late. Can you can you recover from that mentally and, and get to your next week and say, all right, this is a new game. It's a, you know, it's almost like a new season for us. Let's get down to business. Let's play some football and let's go out there and win a game. Because I think for Signal Mountain, that's going to be the big challenge they're going to have is, is recovering from, you know, that opening week kind of loss, a big loss to what has become a rival for them because they came into the picture about the same time a number of years ago. 
Signal Mountain had a touchdown that was called back on a penalty. They were going in to score against East Hamilton. They were in the red zone inside the 10-yard line, as a matter of fact, and they fumbled, and East Hamilton uh, recovered that fumble at their own 7-yard line. So that right there tells you all you need to know, I think, about, again, we go back, sloppy play, week one. I think the same thing can be said for Signal Mountain. Mm-hmm. They had their opportunities. They got pressure on Haynes Eller. Signal Mountain recorded four quarterback sacks on Friday night. So I think there's some bright spots there for Signal Mountain. At times, I think their offensive line played well. Remember, this is a first-year starting quarterback for them, and the the, the triple option offense that they were um, that they are using. I think it's just a. I think it's going to take a, a matter of time for these guys. I think it hurts teams that have a a first-time quarterback in these situations as opposed to a, a team like East Hamilton when you know they knew they knew 5 months ago who their quarterback was going to be. They knew it was going to be Haynes Eller. So it's a little different situation now for Signal Mountain where they're trying to get an idea of how this is going to operate. I thought they hurt themselves a little bit uh, kind of with, with some mistakes again. Now, for East Hamilton, good win. I think any time you can get the win, it's always a good win. We talked with Grant Reynolds back a couple of weeks ago. One of the guys I asked him about was Jeremiah Flemons, who had six carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. And exactly what Grant Reynolds said to us about him, he said, he's a guy, we're going to use him all over the field. That's exactly what they did with him. He was a wide receiver. They had him in the backfield. He played some at quarterback. He played all over the field. And I think, uh, again, he's a guy, Jeremiah Flemons, Flemons with an F, Write that name down if you're a high school football fan because I think he is a guy that is headed towards being a bona fide superstar. South Pittsburgh shut out Sequatchie County 46 to nothing. Chandler, were you there? Did you go to this game Friday night? I did, Chris. I did. Me and me and John Boston, uh, one of our people that worked for SCTM Press, we were both there on uh, Friday night. And let me tell you, that game <laughs> – it, it, it never felt like you always kind of feel like that, that South Pittsburgh Sequatchie game is going to be close in the first half, if, if nothing else. It didn't even feel like that in the first half. It just felt like from the get-go, South Pittsburgh was able to do that. And they've got that experienced offensive line. And I heard people talking all night, listen, this offensive line for South Pittsburgh is really going to be their strength. And we, we talked about that. We talked about that being I'm, – I'm done talking about the offensive line, even though I was an offensive lineman. What I've really got to say is is the fact that when you don't have, and we've kind of seen this theme going along, when you don't have an experienced quarterback, or maybe not even an experienced quarterback, but maybe just not any kind of stability yet in, at the quarterback position, you don't know what's going to be, or maybe it just came up that, hey, we got a starting quarterback, you're going to struggle in week one, especially against an experienced team like like South Pittsburgh. I think what we saw from Sequoia County was just quarterback play that wasn't there yet. It wasn't necessarily sloppy, but it wasn't quite to the, the level it needs to be at. And then two, you saw the the of course this is week one. You know, tackling is a hard thing to grasp in week one unless you've been an experienced team, unless you have a team that's been far into the playoffs and had that experience. Sometimes tackling for a for a team um in week one is one of the hardest things to grasp because you've been tackling, you've been, you know, trying to hit, not hurt people and now you get into the a real game time situation, you, you kinda wanna hit like you've been hitting in practice and it doesn't work because you got to wrap around and tackle. 
Sequatch County had three turnovers in this game, 58 yards of total mm-hmm. offense, running the football. And that mm-hmm. was one of the things, again, you go back to last week on Thursday in our preview show, we talked about Sequatchie County and the fact that they were going to have to have some success running the football, shorten this game, mm-hmm. play a little bit of ball control, 45 yards rushing on only 30 attempts for Sequatchie County. South Pittsburgh defensively was fantastic. Offensively, it was the mm-hmm. Hunter Frame show, 261 yards, four touchdowns. Yeah. All these guys at South Pittsburgh, and we've talked about all of them because, you know, they got a bevy of guys that are all playmakers. Hunter Frame is probably the kid that, number one, I think he's been there and has probably played the most football in a South Pittsburgh uniform of any of these guys because he's pretty much been a contributor at South Pittsburgh since he was a freshman. The guy doesn't get the credit that he deserves for how good he is because I think you get mm-hmm. caught up and you know we've talked a lot about the Hunter twins coming in there from from Hickson and the other guys they've got there at South Pittsburgh and people want to talk about DeAndre Kelly and I you know he's a great talent as well but there's Hunter Frame he's just the guy that shows up every week and and plays his game and has been really really good for them now for a long time so I was happy to see him come out and kind of have that big game to kind of remind people that hey I'm still here 261 <laughs> yards four touchdowns he's he's going to be somebody's player of the week this week I guarantee you Hunter Frame, he feels like one of those that, you know, we talk in college all the time, those fourth, fifth, sixth year. It feels like he's been there forever, you know, because he's been contributing so much. And that just that's just a testament to how good he is that he's been. It feels like he's been there for years and years. And I'm sure there's opposing coaches that are like, listen, can we get him Can we get him to college? Can we get him a scholarship so we can get rid of him and not to play him anymore? <laughs> oh, I guarantee you because, again, he's – I mean, this is his fourth year as a contributor. And I want to say probably mm-hmm. his third year as a starter. Um He's just yeah. kind of been that guy for them now for a long time. And, again, he he's never gotten the attention that he deserves for how good he is. We, we've talked about all those other guys they have, um, and including Braden Sanders and, and other guys, but we probably haven't talked about him enough. 261 yards, though, that'll get people talking about you. Yeah. Notre Dame shut out Central 33-0, goes back to sloppy play. Central had five turnovers in this game. 70th career win for Charles Fant, so congratulations, Coach Fant, on picking up uh, that victory. Notre Dame, when Charles Fant was on with us back a couple of weeks ago, he told us then that they were going to go more spread. They're going to put the ball in the air more. You know, they had ran that 1930s-looking offense for the last couple of years. And now they've gone, it's very much, I think, a 2020 offense. Not so much a vertical game, but very much a quick, short passing game. And I thought quarterback Brinson Bennett, who's playing in his, made his first start at quarterback, I thought he played pretty well. I thought he looked pretty good. At first, when you see this score, the way we talked about this game, you're like, man, that's kind of surprising that, that the score ended up that way. But then you turn around and you're like, well, you know, this is a Division two program that, you know, was good last year. They just had some hiccups along the way. And now you've got Central who is, you know, let's let's say this, they're they're young, but they're experienced in their youth, you know, and, and when you have five turnovers like that in week one, you know, I, I think that's going to be more contributed to week one than it is your youth because this is, this is an experienced team. And when you have those five turnovers, that can make a, a one heck of a difference. Um, uh, you know, five touchdowns in this thing is 35 points, you know. I mean, that's the difference between this game being a close game and this game, you know, being what it was, and that's a, that, that was what it turned into a blowout there. 
Marion County beat Fayetteville 27 to 16. I'll take this opportunity to say, I told you so. Uh, Thursday, when we, uh, we were, uh, had our, uh, our preview podcast come out, I've talked to too many people that have been to too many practices around the area that kept telling me they thought Marion County had a chance to be the most improved team in the area. And I knew Fayetteville was going to be down because graduation hit them pretty hard. This was a very nice win for Dale Pruitt. And it's to kick off his second tenure at, at Marion County, 27-16 over Fayetteville. Wasn't necessarily flashy, but they came up big. I think they got a couple of breaks in that game that helped them. Um, I listened to part of it last night on the radio, and late first half, Fayetteville's going in. Uh, sounds like they're driving in to score again. There's a turnover, a fumble. Marion County falls on it, and they're able to run out the clock and, and end the first half. They got the advantage of having the ball bounce their way a couple of times last night, but I do think there's a little more than than luck that factors into that. I think this is as much about uh, a team being prepared and being well-coached as it was anything else. That was a nice win for those guys uh, at Marion County to knock off Fayetteville. Yeah, I was really impressed with this win, Chris, and I, I think it was a good way to start off that tenure there as, a, as, a head, as the head coach again. Um, to be able to get that win against Fayetteville. And, and Chris, you know, you, you don't get a lot of chances to say that you're right, but I will say in this moment that you are right Thank for you. this one instance. Thank you. Duly noted. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, and I, I was, I was kind of on the train with you. I wasn't really going against you, but I wasn't really going to be bold and make that statement. I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I think Marion County, what you're going to see from them is, you know, I was talking last night. I, I was uh, I stepped in on a halftime show for – uh, Sequatchie County Radio while I was there to promo the show. And uh, one of the things that I, I said was, you know, for, for Marion County, what are the expectations? All right? Because the big thing here is if you're a fan of Marion County, are your expectations going to be met? What are your expectations with him? And it depends on where those are as far as where you're going to get this season. I know it sounds kind of like general stuff and idyllic, and, but, but really with Marion County, it's going to be where the expectations are. The expectations are always going to be sky high. So, Really, what you got to look at is, are they going to make that run this season? And what kind of run are they going to make? And how is that going to fall into expectations, even with a first-year head coach, at least for this stint, for with Dale Pruitt? Well, here's the expectations are to win a state championship because that's that's always the yeah. expectations there. That's, that's where the this bar has been, has been placed. Now, let's talk about what's realistic for them. I think realistic for them right now would be, I, I think you play Tyner close. Um, and I think you win the rest mm-hmm. of your region games. And I think if you finish second in the region, you win a first-round playoff game and then go from there. Maybe you can win two playoff games and get to the third round this year. I think that would certainly be a step in the right direction uh, for them. I mean, that's that's trying to be a little bit realistic about it. Win the rest of your other – you know, mm-hmm. win those other region games now – and, and turn that focus towards, uh, you know, how well you can do against Tyner. I think they could play with Tyner. I think they'll keep it. I think that game has a chance to be closer than what a lot of people think uh, when they meet up with Tyner later on in the year. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, I think they're going to be, and it's been a couple of years since we've been able to say this about a Marion County team, but I think they're going to be a team that will be fun to follow over the course of this year because I don't think nothing is going to come easy for them. Because I, I don't think that they're loaded down with a bunch of Saturday players, but I think what they do have mm-hmm. is a bunch of gritty guys that are going to work hard, they're going to fight hard, 
and they're going to to fight to be in every game. And so long as you've got that, then I think you've got a legit chance to be in every game and to be able to win. And so if that's going to be the case, I, I you know, again, I think they're going to be a fun team to follow. They're not going to go 10-0, and 0, but I think they're going to be a fun team to follow over the course of this year. Chandler, let's, let's get to uh, – it's a brand-new segment and something new that Chandler and I are doing uh, on our review podcast uh, where we take a look back at Friday night's action. We're going to call it our Friday night reveal. And this is going to be some things that we think were revealed to us the previous Friday night, and we'll do it every week. So, Chandler, I'm going to go first. Here's a couple of mine for this week. Number one, did you see the greenback score? I did not, Chris. I, I, I saw that they were playing Loudon. I just did not see it. Oh, Loudon put the beat down. And look, I know Loudon, 3A, good good opponent. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to take anything away from Loudon in this. And I know we got some, some Loudon supporters that uh, listen to our podcast every week because we've, we've heard from them before. But 41 nothing, Loudon defeats Greenback. I did not expect that. I'm not again not surprised that Loudon won the game three A versus one A. I get it, but I'm surprised that it was a forty one nothing score by a team that a lot of people feel like, especially up towards Knoxville. You know, same way we feel about South Pittsburgh here. Like that's the team that we've pegged in one A to be able to make a deep run and and possibly you know win a state championship. Folks up that way they feel the same way about Greenback, but. That was ugly what happened to them. And based on, and I didn't see the game, Chandler, I was following along on Twitter, but from what I was able to uh, gleam just from, you know, from what you can find in, in a couple of characters on Twitter, I don't think Greenback was ever in that game from the start. I think Loudon took it yeah, to it them early sound, and put them away. Yeah, it doesn't sound like they were from what I from what I could see on early. I, I saw some early scores. I didn't know how that one ended up going there. Uh based on what I saw on Twitter, but that is a very surprising score. And I think one of the things that we saw was, I think we kind of expected this to be kind of a step down, maybe not a big step down, but a step down because that team last year was like one of those once in a generation teams for Loudon. Yeah. But I think they're here to show that, Hey, we're still here. We're still going to play some quality football. So y'all stick around and see what's to come. Marion County, McMinn Central, and Udawa are all much improved football teams from last year. I saw Udawa in person on Friday night. I get a chance to see them again uh, this upcoming Friday night. They'll be on TV uh, against uh, Red Bank this week. Uh, I think mm. Udawa much improved. Um, they got off to a real slow start offensively. They were, I think, maybe a little bit conservative in that first half, and then late in the first half, all of a sudden they started to open up the offense a little bit. Fisher Perry's a pretty good quarterback, and the kid can sling it a little bit. So, uh, again, I think Udawa is an improved football team, and I think we all knew that eventually Derek Davis would have McMinn Central winning football games. It was just going to be a, a matter of when, and it's I think it's going to be in year two for Derek Davis. Now, McMinn Central did not win. On Friday night, they lost 20 to nothing to McMinn County, but that was a game that was still in doubt until way late in the third quarter. And I think when you consider mm-hmm. just how bad McMinn Central has been these last couple of years, for them to take a what I think is a pretty good team, a really good team actually, in McMinn County that deep into the game, 
and it still be a contest, I think that says a lot for the progress, even in a loss, that McMinn Central has made. Marion, McMinn Central, Ottawa, I think they're all much improved over last year. And then final thing for me is we take a take a, a look back and things that were revealed to us on Friday night, Chandler's, I think Red Bank's every bit as good as advertised. I'm right there with you. I, I don't think, you know, and, and maybe we've got a little bit more of a challenge in Loudon than, than we thought. But I think Red Bank is going to be one of those teams that they're going to make a deep run. If, if someone's going to stop them, it's going to be, you know, probably Alcoa down the road. I mean, that's how good I think they are right here right now, Chris. What about you, Chandler? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple here. Uh, one is something we kind of already knew, but it kind of got revealed to us for certain, was that experience was going to be key in these games. And, um, and it ended up being experience. I think that mo- for the most part, the most experienced teams with the most experienced cores won their games on Friday night. Um, I, I, sometimes it wasn't even the most talented team that won, but it was, it was the ones that went out there and they had the experience in the past, in the past few, from the past few years, whether it was young, old, whatever, the experience was king on, on Friday night. Uh, my second one here is I think Ray County, going to go a hot take Ray County who didn't play anybody in the area. Ray County is going to give us uh, some heart attacks this year. I don't know if you saw that final there. They went to overtime with Carter and won on an interception on defense to win that, to seal that deal 21 to 14. I think Ray County, uh, I'm not sure that they're as, as good as the team they had last year, but I will say this. I think that Ray County is going to be one of those teams that it's going to go down to the wire in most of their games. And I think when you have a team like that that gets that kind of luck and gets that kind of experience, it might be beneficial down the road, especially when they play some of these teams outside of our area. But I think they're going to be our cardiac arrest team, uh, if you want to put it that way, for the Chattanooga area. Well, all right, that does it for us this week here on SETN Preps. Appreciate you uh, being with us and want to remind you to join Chandler and I again later on in the week. We'll drop it on Thursday. It'll be our, our preview and our look ahead to week two of uh, high school football here on SETN Preps. So, Chandler, let's do it again later on in the week. Sounds good.